write on it. And so it's uh, the notes from Sunday. All the teaching notes with your assignments and your study deals that she's showing you of things that you get to do that we're talking about the voice of the blood of Jesus. So this is your information packet, things that you're going to, as I said, if you can't personally um, print it out, then make a friend and get it printed because you're going to need it and you need to put three holes in it and you need to put it in a binder because this is like any other school. And I decided that I love you all so much, I'm going to treat you with the same respect that I would treat if I were teaching it in a college class. If I were teaching it in a Bible college class, uh, this is the level that I would bring you to. So I'm not going to do you an injustice and I'm going to raise you up. In Bible college, you didn't get to make any excuses about what kind of computer you don't have and you didn't get this and you didn't get that. You're smart people and you'll figure it out. And if you don't, talk to somebody else and start interacting to do this. Because when you want something, you won't let anything, especially not technology, slow you down from getting it. You will go after it. You know, tell somebody, I'll bring you a Starbucks, you bring me a printout. If you don't like Starbucks, I'll bring you, well, you're on a fast, so I guess you're not, I'll bring you a sugar-free candy bar. Or whatever it is that you have to do, or just, I'll just tell you thank you with a big grin. It doesn't have to be, it's not a bribe, but anyway, it, this, and I want to kind of go over this a little bit. But the other thing I wanted to show you, if you go back to the page where we were before, um, going back to the, it's funny, it's got a little Starbucks thing. If you go back to this page, then down here, and you don't need to do anything with this right now, it says the video. It says watch the video. And so what it will do, other than we don't have the introduction or any of the things that we had, and I know it's going to be a little slow here, but what it does is it loads up, courtesy of Frederick, because he, he got us the, the shortened version of it. But what it does is it loads up the teaching that I did on Sunday. So you're not you're passing all of the preliminaries. And you're just going straight through this, okay? So it's just navigating. There we go. So if I press play on there, then I think in a minute it'll show me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, don't leave me hanging. Anyway. Oh, it's not finished loading. Okay. But yes. They lost the connection online. So they're asking if you can go through from the log on to the Absolutely. Are we back? Yes, we're back. Okay, we'll just take us back to it. All right. Okay. All right. So for those of you that lost it, this is called replay. <laughs> and we'll do it one more time. Still waiting for that. Okay. So what I'm saying, and Krista will just do it this time. She'll just demonstrate it. You're going to go to www.astoundinglove.org. And when you come to the main page, you will scroll down. You don't you need to go to the menu. You don't have to do any of those things. I, I want to keep this as simple as possible. So as you're scrolling down and you even get acquainted with what our website is like anyway, you see the overview there about loving God, loving people, loving our community. Then it's telling you the live and on, the services time. So Biblical Solutions for Life Sessions 1 and 2 and what times we start and end. And then Tuesday Night Chat with Dr. Baker, which is the, also known as the Really Telling It Like It Is broadcast which starts at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then tonight, Kingdom Conversations with the Supernatural Prophetic Encounters with um, me. And uh, so you can follow that. And then as it continues down, it tells you how to get to us. So if you've always wondered, well, I didn't get a, a, a notification and I have to do this, you can actually go to the website and click on Periscope. When we switch over to whatever other type of streaming, it'll be right on the front page so that you don't have to try to figure out how, where to go on the website. We believe you should just be able to go to the first page and 
if you do a little scrolling, you'll find what you're looking for. All right. There's a whole lot more to it. So you click Periscope if you don't do it now. But if you did, it would take you to what we're doing right at this moment. And then underneath that, you see this red sky and the person with their hand lifted up. And it's talking about the power-filled voice of the blood of Jesus. When you click on that image, then it will take you to my notes page. And as she scro Crystal scrolls up, then it's going to give you the intro. I don't know what that listen is. I guess I'll have to find out. Keep going. And that's just the overview of what it says. It tells you new content is going to be added continually. And then here, right there. So I should have brought my pointer tonight, but since I didn't. Lesson one study packet, and she's showing you. And what's below is messages from last year. I stopped uploading after a while. But you can find many of our messages, and you can hear a lot of the different things that we're talking about, all right, because I do replays. So here, lesson one study packet. If you click, when you click on lesson one study packet, go ahead, please. It will take you outside, away from that. You can always find your way back. And there's the teaching module that we did that was promised to you from Sunday. And so what this is, is um, I said to you on Sunday, you don't need to take notes. And I really meant it because I gave you the notes. Um, I gave you the notes. I thought I printed my copy out and I did, but I don't know where it is. I, what I did not do is give you the normal way that I do things. So you don't have this. And the reason that you don't have this is because it will cost you too much ink. All right. So I didn't give you this, but what I gave you is a different version of this. Okay. So as we were going through uh, each, each section, as you go down and it tells you, welcome to the first session of our journey. And it's also telling you the kind of things to expect. So welcome to the first session of our journey in learning how to listen for and to hear the voice of the blood of Jesus. And I seriously mean you're going to hear what his blood sounds like. I don't mean that blood is going to appear in your face and start talking to you. But what I do mean is that his blood testifies of everything that he has ever done for us. And so you're going to find that when there's sickness or disease or something coming at you, that you're going to start to learn to hear the voice of the blood of Jesus say, I've already paid for that. I've already answered that. I've already given, I am the solution to that. I'm the reason that you can be healed instead of sick. I'm the reason that you can be in your right mind instead of in the place called crazy. I'm the reason, you see, that's what you will start to hear because we'll find it in the scriptures. The word, the living word of God, you'll find it in here because this book from Genesis to Revelation is the sound of the voice of the blood of Jesus. He was slain. The lamb, it says, the Bible says, was slain before the foundation of the world. Therefore, um, one of the books I remember you, we read in Bible college and I've recommended it to you a time or two. It's called The Scarlet Thread. And that was the author is Richard Booker, B-O-O-K-E-R. Remember that, brother? And he takes you through, and there's a song I'm going to have to have played. I will, I will have to find, I have the song, and I'll have to get that for you, because these two, father and son, sing about every book of the Bible, how you find Yeshua, how you find Jesus in every book, okay? And I mean, it's just a very, very powerful song, so we'll have it for Sunday. Just don't let me forget that, all right? 
um, because I just want you to hear it. And then I'll also be, Crystal will be able to send out the name of it and, and all that. I just don't recall the name of it at, at the moment. Uh, somebody else might. Okay. And another thing that, that you want to do. So you are to take this lesson personally. Very important. Take this lesson personally. I mean it. This is about you. What you hear about the blood of Jesus is a message from heaven, a kingdom conversation from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords directly to you. It's applicable to everyone else, but it's but but God is the only one I know that is able to love everybody and make everybody at the he can love everybody at the same time and make everybody feel that they're the only one. There ain't a gigolo on the planet that can do that, okay? You can call yourself player, player, but you played out before you can get to that because only God can do it because he's not playing. You see, anybody else would be trying to game you, but God, mm -mm. or they just got a real lust spirit. <laughs> but God, God isn't kidding. Okay, and then more than that, as you see, I, I, I just felt, I just really sense that it's important to take us through this tonight, okay? And it says far more than a mere Bible study about the blood. Yes? I'm going to do it, but take them through it. Yeah, just keep rolling it up. Uh, most people by now, have, if, if they have a separate issue, uh, something, they're going on ahead and looking at it. And I did print it out, but I might have left it on my printer. It's not the first time I've done that. All right. But far, um, do you have an extra one? No, it's okay, sweetie. It's okay. Thank you, though, because I'll, I'll just use the one in front. I have this one. Okay. Far more than a mere Bible study about the blood. This is a personal journey that we are taking together. All right. You know how you go in a car with a group and everybody's in the vehicle together, but even though you're in a group, you're still an individual. All right. If you've ever gone on, I, I went on a journey, I've went on a few vacations with people and Everybody had a different outlook on what the vacation was like. Everybody had a different experience, even though we were all together. Um, we were all staying in the same condo or we were all staying in the same hotel or whatever it happened to be. But what we don't stay in the same is the same body. We're all together in the body of Yeshua, in the body of Christ, if we're born from above, but we're many different parts. And so we're going to experience... Um, different types of things. So what I'm saying is you will, we're doing this together, but take it personally. When you take it personally, it's going to enable you to be a tremendous blessing to everybody else. Because what it does for us strengthens us to the place that we're free. He can then work through us to help somebody else. Got it? It's the equivalent of take it personally, put your own oxygen mask on first and breathe so that you can help somebody else breathe. Because I don't know about you, but I have yet to meet somebody that passed out that was of any help to me. Okay? All right. So far more than a mere Bible study. This is not a Bible study about the blood. This is a personal journey that we are taking together to learn how to live the rest of our lives on earth as we live from heaven. Got that? Okay, and I'm not going to answer a whole lot of questions on it because I've asked you more questions. I'm, I'm giving you the opportunity to hear, to have your own Holy Spirit conversation and um, to, uh, uh, let me respond to this. 
Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So, nuggets to nibble, which people thought was cute. It's like, yes, I like nuggets. You can make them chicken nuggets. You can make them pretzel nuggets. You can have any kind of nuggets you want. Okay. All right. The points below are foundational to our thinking process as we commence with this study. As you read each discussion point, what you're going to do, how you're going to do this is you're going to take a few moments to pray in tongues. Why? Because you're going to seek the Holy Spirit with a focus. You're not going to start your prayer with, oh, Lord, I'm so stupid. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this. That ain't happening. Okay, I guarantee you, you never pray that in tongues. In the personal plan, because, oh, God, I'm just stupid. I'm just, you know, no. Oh, I'm so unworthy. Oh, I'm so that none of that's going to come out. That's all religion. All right. So, no, when you pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit is saying, all right, let's get ready. Let's open this up. Let's do this. And he's priming us. That's what happens. And in case you wondered, even I'm studying this, but I'm going to do this, too. I'm not just asking you to do it. I'm going to do this, too. And I'll answer a question in advance. Are we going to be required to share? Required to share? No, you're not. Um, Will I call upon people from time to time or give you the opportunity? Absolutely. But I'm not going to ask you to expose all the different things that you're going through. What I'm asking you to do is take the journey. You know, it's like I use that uh, analysis on Sunday or analogy on Sunday about how when people, you know, you try to tell people how great you're doing and they don't see it. And I use the example when my many times when I would be eating something that was just whatever it was, it was good to me. But my mother would be looking at me and then she says, so how's your eating plan going? You know, which was like, you know, the eating plan where you were cutting down and your body was was dropping the weight and so forth. Yeah. How's that going? And the truth is, is that if anybody asks you, how's your diet going? Your diet ain't going. What they're saying is you look fatter, <laughs> but they don't want to tell you. Oh, nobody's ever done that? Have you anybody ever done that? You looked at a friend and just, I, I, and many of you have said that to me. So are you still on that plan? <laughs> it was very sweet. Well, I, evidently I'm not since I'm, you know, I've spread out into two chairs instead of one. No, you know I'm not. Okay. Or whatever it happened to be, you know, how's your... How's your, your thing to promote your this? How's this going when you know you haven't been doing it, but you talked it up? That's my point. You know, I'm just, people go, oh, I'm just walking with the Lord, and then they cuss you out for five minutes, right? It's like, so how's that spiritual thing working for you? Why you, you know, see what I mean? Okay, so these are things that are foundational to, to change the way that we think as we commence with the study. So as you read each discussion point, you're going to take a few minutes to pray or moments to pray in tongues and seek the Holy Spirit to give you, and you see there it is again. And if you have when you have your printout, underline those word that word personal, personal insight into how these statements are to be applied to your life and your style of living. Why personal? Because this is not going to be somebody else's opinion about you. And this is not going to be what everybody else supposedly is saying to you. All right. This is what the spirit, what the creator of you, the one that knows your inward parts. This is what he is saying to you about you. 
And it's going to change the way you see yourself. I guarantee you. I tell you what I'm looking forward to. It's going to be a whole, you know, you're already good looking people, but y'all going to act like it. You're going to walk in looking like it. And you're not going to walk in prideful. But just, it's just like, I just feel so good. I know I look good. I'm radiating from the inside to the outside. We're not talking about extra pounds of makeup. And we're not talking about, you know, uh, fresh hair. And, and, you know, I get my wigs touched up and, and stuff like Y'all do know these are wigs, right? Okay, well, if you didn't, I just told whole all of America. All right, it's, it, I do have natural blonde hair. It just hasn't shown up yet. So, <laughs> so in the meantime, I just have to keep giving my hair a reminder. This is what you really look like. All right, but you know, Crystal has to refresh. She has to sew in new stuff, or we just throw them away and we start all over again when they get too old and tired. And what I'm um, so you know, we refresh. And what's going to happen to you on the inside is a refresh because of the blood of Jesus. And, and you're going to be so refreshed by him that it, it shows, you know what happens when blood starts to flow is everything starts to peak and everything starts to clear up. And because it's a healer in your body, when your blood is flowing in the right places, your complexion is better. Um, your Everything is moving in terms of your bones and your, and your joints and your cells. When I used to do, um, I used to do custom bra fitting. And what we would always tell women, they thought that this extra stuff under their arms was was uh, body fat. And most cases it wasn't, it was tissue. Because as you get older and you wear the wrong type of foundations, then step when you have the wrong foundation, things will move out of place. And so we used to teach them to, it may be too personal for you guys, but actually it would be helpful to you for, for shoulder joints and things like that. But we would tell them to take your hands like this and then take them like this. And then you would reach to the side and you start to just push because the friction of your hand on your skin started to warm it. And what happens then is that the blood will flow in that direction. So even if you feel like your joints are too tight, start to, this is what massage, deep tissue massage or a subtle massage would do. It starts to warm the area and wherever that is, the blood will flow. Wherever blood flows, healing comes. You got me? So somebody needed that tonight, whether it's for the tissue or it's, uh, I've had attacks sometimes. I got attacked Sunday night after teaching all the stuff that we taught on Sunday, and I took a, I, I took a nap. I had some work to do, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to sleep before I get to it. And when I woke up, there was uh, parts of my body that felt like they had frozen into place, and they just didn't want to move. And I was listening to a tape on the blood of Jesus. Well, even while I slept, I was still playing that. And so as I woke up, I'm hearing that the blood does this and the blood does that. And my body was like acting contrary. And so I said, no, let me tell you something. Just what he said is so. And so I took the oil and put that on and said, no, the blood of Jesus is on this. And I started to walk because it was trying to stop me from walking. And within 15 minutes, it was gone. I was telling my mom, I said, man, that's faster than it used to be. Used to be like 30 minutes or an hour or something, but we've, we've cut the time down and I'm going to keep going because sometimes praying for yourself, you may not use the same faith that you would use for somebody else, but you've got to take it personally. You come at me, I'm coming right back at you. I'm not running. Okay. And so that's what I mean by that, that you have to say, no, this will work for me. It doesn't just work through me for somebody else. This works for me. Because this is the truth. And I'm going to be, and then I can testify, I'm a witness and I saw it. You, are you all with me with what I'm saying? All right, so 
You want he's going to give you personal insight in how to apply these statements to your life. These are not just words on paper. These are keys for you, for doors that God wants you to come through. So you're going to listen and look for the voice of the blood. You're going to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. This is why I wanted to go through this with you. So that you're not saying, well, what does she mean by this? Listen to what you hear as you pray. Listen to when you read the Bible. Listen to what the Bible is saying. Don't just read it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. People have a tendency, Would you, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth is void, and da-da-da-da-da. And they go through it like it's just a story. It is a not an, a story. A story, it is an account. It is an accounting of something that happened. It's not once upon a time there were three little pigs who wanted to build their three little houses. It is in the beginning, before man was ever seen, God was hovering over the face of the earth. And God created God had created a heaven and an earth and in the midst of what he created something took place between verse 1 and verse 2 and the earth became something that God did not create and so there's a story in the story there's something there's an incident that that the inquiring minds would want to know what what happened between this and this now this is this is interesting you know that you built this but there was a crack and I know you didn't do that so What's the prehistoric story? Where, where did all the dinosaurs and everything come from? Were they in this crack? Is that what was going on? There was no Cro-Magnon man. There was no Peking man. There was no, no uh, uh, prehistoric man. There wasn't. But these other creatures were there. Now, how is it that they, these slithering, ugly T-Rex and all the rest of them, how did this happen? What was going on in the earth? before you cleaned up the mess. You made it, and then you came it back, did a return and cleaned it up. And in the midst, what was going on? See, that's a whole story right there, which is why you know, and it, it can't be just something that was a fairy tale. It's got to be, there was some kind of occurrence. There was, there's a history, there's a backstory to this. Otherwise, God would never have told man to replenish the earth. Give it back its identity. So earth has been through it a bit. You know, it's like, oh, you just don't know what I've been through. You just don't know. You know, that's what the earth is saying. It's like, honey, I got stories for you. That's why, you know, we got all kinds of secrets hidden in the deep caverns. And, oh, you should see what we got going on in the ocean. And you think this is something. We got caves and there's crystal things over here and stuff over there. And there are stories to be told about all of this. And then the earth said, but boy, I tell you what. The thing that was most amazing is the day that God showed back up. Elohim was hovering over us and we could feel the vibrations and we knew we were in anticipation. This is all the dirt speaking. He's about to do something. You know, God is doing something and then this is this is going to be something. Why? I don't think we have to stay this way anymore. And if you think it was something to be human, you know, try being the earth and you got these heavy duty animals creeping around on you and they're stinky and they're this and we are the ones that have to keep taking all their mess in. Oh, dirt's got a story. 
You ever thought about that? People that work in soil tell you the soil talks to them. It tells them the right season to plant things. It tells you when it's injured, when it's too dry, when it needs to be replenished, it needs to be fed. Am I correct? I, I got a little gardener over here. So, you know, the soil talks to you. So the earth has a story. And it's not a made up one. You go, I'll just never look at the concrete the same way again in my whole life, right? Okay. So when you're reading, he's talking. And he's like, I'll tell you things about this if you want to come talk to me. I'll talk to you about yourself too. So God created and the earth became and all of these things happened. And when God had said, let's make man. This was the best idea he had, and it wasn't new. He didn't just go, hey, you know what? Maybe I don't have, I'm so bored. I don't have anything else to do. Let's just go ahead and make man. No, think about this. If the lamb, since the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, in anticipation of man. So the day that God said, let's, the sixth day, let us make man, that was an anticipated thing. It wasn't a happenstance. It was like, we're about to get this party started. Everything that's to come, this is the story, the precursor, if you will, or the prologue to the, what the story of the blood of Jesus is about. That on the day that God said, let us make man, the blood was already, you see what I'm saying? All these things were just being pulled into motion. It was never, that's why it's impossible for any person to be an accident, regardless of what their parents say. Okay, regardless of what, whether it was Earth, Wind, and Fire, Luther Vandross, or Perry Como, whoever, okay, it was the wine that was flowing, it was the Kokomo's, it was the Beach Boys, it was this, it was that. No, it was time for you. Time for you, all right? Okay, so that was a side issue, but that's fine. So you're going to listen, as I said, and then you're going to look for the voice of the blood. You're gonna look at the incidents. You're gonna look at the scriptures. You're gonna look at what's written. And you're suddenly going to see there's a conversation going on here. We call this program the supernatural or prophetic and supernatural encounters with the word of God, because this is where it happens. I'm telling you, this is this book, these words that God has caused to be in the earth. This is where you get to talk to the creator and the possessor of the heavens and the earth. This is, the, this is just another proof to us, if you need it, that he's real. I'm sorry, but no slime made up all these words and these stories and these incidents and these encounters and these solutions. This word is proven. And it's, it, it is a message, a, a series of love letters and communiques from the one that is outside of time to those that are inside of time, that's us, on how to change the times in which we live, including the situations and circumstances of your very own life. Okay? If I didn't believe this, I would not be here on a Wednesday night. All right. So then he says, or we're saying, he speaks through his word. So look for scriptures. Take that up just a little bit so they can see that part, please. Yeah. Yeah. A little more. Okay. A little down. There we go. So look for scriptures that will abide. Fancy way of saying living you and come alive. 
They're going to stay in you. Look, you're going to look for the scriptures that will abide. And we're giving you a hint. I'm not telling you that you have to go all over the Bible. I'm telling you that through these series of questions and things, you're going to see things in the Bible. You're going to see you in here. And it becomes what it is. It's a mirror that you're to look in. This is the mirror you look in that the word will stay with you so that you won't forget what you look like. You look in any other mirror. It's like somebody takes a picture of you, and so you look in the mirror, and you think, okay, this looks pretty good. You go someplace, somebody takes a picture of you, and then they have the nerve to show it to you. <laughs> and then you know what? You say, I'm never wearing that again. Or I do look good in that. I'm going to wear it all the time. You know, whatever your story happens to be. I used to tell people years ago, don't take pictures of me. Because every time you take a picture of me and then I see it, then I don't ever wear that outfit again because I couldn't stand the way it looked. Why? Because I didn't see, I didn't like me, so I couldn't find anything good about me. And the last thing I needed you to do is show me. Do you see? Because I did not know what God had to say about me. I was only listening to the record of my own errors and then comparing myself with people that I thought in my brokenness were better than I am. And as you'll see, the voice of the blood of Jesus tells you straight up, it's not possible for anybody to be better than you because I pay the same price for everybody. Got it? Okay, if I have any questions, please feel free to, I'm getting all kinds of text messages and stuff, but they were just troubleshooters. Yes. You have um, one statement and two questions, but they're not exactly on. The questions are not exactly on what you're doing, so I don't know if you want them right now. You could go ahead and put them out there. So there was one statement when you talked about um, getting the cramp in your foot or something that's happening in your foot, and uh, the person online also experienced that same exact thing. So mm -hmm. um, I think what you said helped. What did you do about it? Okay. What did you do about it? Yeah. I want to know, so they can go ahead and let us know that. Okay. And if not, I'll, gi I'll give you a little more. <laughs> okay. Okay, here's one question. Is it proper to have a chaperone on your wedding and invite your kids? That is so cute. How would I know? I don't plan to have a chaperone on my wedding. I've been waiting for that. And my kids don't want to be anywhere near something like that. <laughs> so, so I'm probably not the right, right person to answer that, okay? I'm just not. I don't think that makes any sense. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. But trust me, Holy Spirit will be there. So you'll be chaperoned. Okay. Um, second question. Um, is our heart or mind reproductive soil? If so, how do I cultivate it properly? That's a great question. Mark chapter 4, which I've been wanting to get back to, um, <laughs> talks about the parable of the sower and how the sower sows the word. And we know because we're looking at the word of God and we're understanding that he called it a parable. Now, why is that important? P-A-R-A-B-L-E. Because if you put two or three more letters and put three letters in front of that word and you have an understanding of what it means, C-O-M. Comparable. A parable compares or parallels. It, it is a story. It, it's like, I'm going to tell you this story about a gopher and a piece of coconut. 
of something. And you're going to understand that the gopher does not represent the animal world, but it represents uh, an individual that goes after things or something in the, in the coconut in this case is recommending a, a, uh, something that has something good in it, but, but they know that it, they have to go through this, that, or the other. So I'm telling you a parable about this because it's, a, it's a, the story that I tell you is something that you can compare to where you are in your life and the things that you understand. You with me? That's what a parable is. So Mark chapter four, when it talks about how the sower sows the word, and this is the kind of ground that it is. You start looking at the condition of your heart when God is speaking, the, because the, the sower sows the word, the seed, the seed is the word of God, the, but the ground is your heart. And so if the heart is one that it's like the word comes and it just falls by the wayside or the birds of the, the air are able to come quickly, it tells you that the condition of your heart is not prepared to receive what God has to say. You're going to take it. You're going to do the, the, the good Christian church thing. Hey, hey, that was speaking. He was talking. Oh, yeah, that was good. And immediately you're going to get sidetracked with what's the message, the latest message you just got off your phone or um, something else that you had going on. And whatever it is that you learned, you never took the time to take it and eat it. You didn't cultivate the, the, here's what's interesting. And I'll, I'll just show you this. Go over to Mark 4. Love that question. I taught on this, I think it was probably about two or three weeks ago. Maybe a little, might have been just before Christmas. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So it's Mark. Chapter 4. And I'm reading out of a, a I think a, let's see here. And this is, that's a perfect uh, thing to, to line up with what we're doing right now. He says, listen and take note. A sower went out to sow. I'm in Mark chapter 4, verse 3. And it says, and as he sowed, some seed fell beside the path, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and soon it sprang up because it did not have deep soil. If it didn't have deep soil, it wasn't going to be able to take root. Okay. And But when the sun rose, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell upon thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Another seed fell on good ground, and it yielded grain that sprang up and increased by 30, 60, or 100 times as much. And then he said to them, because this was what he was talking about, this is a lesson in hearing. That's why he started this message with the word listen. And then he said at the end, he who has ears to hear, you should have heard what I was saying. I'm saying to you, let him hear. Open up the gates of your understanding. Open up your ears to hear the message within the message, the story inside of the story. Everybody, uh, are we all flowing here? Yes. Okay. All right. So then when they were alone, they go, uh, can you explain that a little deeper? You know, Jesus, we've been hanging with you and stuff, and we heard that. But, you know, what, what really, what, what more was there to this? than that. So I think it's a great question. I'm glad they asked it because we get the answer. And so he said, to you, it's given the secret of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, everything is said in parables. Why? So that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand. At least they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And some people think that meant that God was saying, only I only want to select few to come in. But what he was saying is, um, this is about they will 
This is given to you to know the secret of the kingdom of God because this is what you are pursuing, the secrets of the kingdom. But because they are outside of the kingdom, the things of the kingdom, they'll hear it. But just like I just told you about the birds and the, and the stone, they're not going to get it because you cannot get the understanding of the kingdom from a natural source. It has to come by the spirit. The secrets of the kingdom are not secrets to those that are in the kingdom. They are mysteries and part of the journey of things you can find out so that it, you can put it to work. But no, it's not just it's not being treated like, well, here it, it's it's uh, you just do whatever you want to do with it, misuse it, mishandle it. That's not it. He said, no, I want you to understand the holiness of it, because the secrets of the kingdom pertain to the secrets of you that God wants to open up to you about yourself so that you move past what everybody says about you to the truth, which is only what God says. Okay. He wants to capture us with that. And so here he said, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Why? Because this is the, the nuggets that are in here will unlock everything in every other arena. It's the same principles that are going to be explained. The kingdom principles work the same everywhere. So if you get this, then you'll be able to apply this in everything else, including how you live. And so then he said this, the sower sows the word. The sower, in this case, he's talking, I'm releasing the word, the word of God, because that's going to be the most important seed that you ever get. More so than apples or cherries or, or whatever else it is that would have a seed. The seeds to these, these words being planted on the inside of you will cause great things. So here's what I wanted to tell you. He said, those who are, who, these are those beside the path where the word is sown. But when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word which is sown in their hearts. Now, you see, here's the thing. When he said the birds came and they devoured it. And so you understand that when the birds came and stole the seed, that the seed had no use. The seed did them no good because it was stolen, right? And when the birds ate it, that meant the seed was never going to be seen again. But here's the thing. What if you ate it? Because you're the ground that the seed is sown in. Then if the seed is planted in you, it's going to grow. That's what we mean by the word, the scriptures that will abide, they will come alive on the inside of you. You and I eat this word. Treat it like sometimes it's described as bread. Sometimes it's described as milk. Sometimes it's described as honey. Evidently, God is really good with feeding us well. Sometimes it's described as meat. And he's saying when you eat it, it's designed to work in you. That's why it won't do the birds any good. It won't do Satan any good either. It's designed to work in you. How awesome is that? Okay. That's why we know this will work. It's made for you. You know how they say uh, you can't plant certain types of flowers or or things in, in uh, you know, if you were going to go out to the desert because you wanted to have some uh, fresh um cactus then it's a good place to plant but what if you wanted cherries or strawberries 
maybe not a good place. Okay, that's the same, pair, compare that to a, a, per, a human being that has the breath of God that was made in the image and likeness of God and was designed to live on the words of God. Matthew 4, Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. That's what we live in. That's where, what we were designed to nurture, to let it grow. And the harvest of the seed of the word is not, uh, is, is, is not limited. It can become whatever dream God put in you. Nicole's dreams are not mine. Mine are not Sharon's. And on it goes. Okay, what Jackie desires is different, sometimes even from what Leo desires. And on and on it goes, and what's your name? Yes, okay, I remember you, hi Michael. Okay, so Michael's dreams and function may be different from Alfred, and on it goes. But the thing about the word of God is, is you can have that exact same word planted in each person. And when we let it grow, you know what it's gonna bring forth? The dreams and desires God has for you. Same word. I think that's, that's why I said he's the only one I know that can love everybody and make you feel like you're the only one. Okay. All right. So uh, does that answer the question? Because that's the answer. If you don't let the word, if your heart is stony, if your heart is hard, then no, the word's not going to grow there. It's supposed to, but there is a word that you can speak that can change the condition of the soil of your heart. A choice to change how you think about yourself, a choice to change your acceptance of lies in your life will change the texture of your soil and will allow the word to start coming in the water and all of the different components that are make up the word of God. And then you put in in the mix, the blood of Jesus, which starts to cleanse all of the dirty areas and all the common areas and all these other things. And it starts to, to do a work on the inside to change the condition of our soil so that we're able to receive word planted in us that will change our lives. So all of that is, is in there. And um, it's, it's like why you say, I, uh, I, I don't think that I can just do da 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 da. It's like, well, you need to stop stop thinking what you're thinking, and the only way you're going to do that, let me tell you what God is thinking, and then you decide which one you want to keep. And a lot of times, and Dr. Baker used a great example of people in raggedy relationships, really that they have no business being in, but they culturally speaking were told this was better than being without. I was talking to somebody earlier today about, you know, I know a number of women from certain regions of the country that they were with men that were bad for them. But they were with these people that were bad for them because they were their culture said it's better to be with one than to be without. So even if they were a bad one, bad for you, uh, it was better to be with one that was bad for you than to be alone. I beg to differ. I ain't even begging. I just differ. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have to beg. So this is this is kind of the kind of thing where we, the, the, no matter what, you you are not too tough a nut for God to crack. Your situations are not so horrible that God is uh, 
you know, sitting there on his throne with a towel over his head, just crying because he just knows he's never going to get to you. This is not happening. Do I have another question? I have a response to your... Uh, the one about the feet thing? I, I appreciate all that. I have one for that, too. But the question, when you answered it, she said, um, I appreciate it more than I... It was more than I expected. Thank you. I kind of do that. You're welcome. <laughs> I have very long answers to short questions. <laughs> the answer to the foot thing was... Rubbed it and prayed and felt the blood flow. Pain was gone. Awesome. Yes. Praise God. And um, do another thing. Even if you go to a dollar store and you buy one of those little bath brushes, those little shower scrubbing brushes, um, you want to start brushing your skin and brushing to train your blood to keep going, flowing, because your circulation, you, you have to, you're going to come, we're coming against the things that are trying to freeze your circulation. And so what you want to do is start um, deliberately agitating those spots. I, I don't have a brush in here, but um, maybe I do. What I mean is that this, this is a health thing. It, it really is a health thing. Okay, I don't seem to have one, but that's okay. We'll just, <laughs> let's use this. <laughs> you may as well use it for something. Okay. All right. So use this. You're taking something like this because what you're wanting is something that has a friction edge to it. So bristles of a soft brush are going to be really good. But do you see what I'm doing? Now, you're going to do that same kind of thing when you're brushing at your arms or you're brushing on your I'm not going to bend over and do that, but like your leg. And you're just going to go low, then come up and go higher and then go up higher and do the same thing. Okay, and just keep going until you from the knees on and then brush the feet, brush the bottom of the feet, brush the top of your feet and tell them you lift in the name of Jesus. The blood flows in you in the name of Jesus. You are you circulate in the name of Jesus. You're healed in the name of Jesus and you walk in the name of Jesus and you talk. You know, you listen for the voice of the blood and you obey it in the name of Jesus. Okay. see, I have a use for this after all. Okay. Anything else? With the response, Doctor Long Dean, Doctor Pastor Long Dean. That's so cute. What happened to Detective Sergeant? <laughs> How very precious. That was sweet. Anything else? Okay, we'll keep going then. Going back to oh, we lost our signal. Come back. Okay. All right. <laughs> that was not my power. That was the power of Crystal's mouse. Okay. The battle is won, it says. So this is how you're going to do it. So remember, he's speaking through his word. So you're looking for scriptures that are going to abide. You're going to look when you're looking at the scriptures that we give you here. You're going to look at how they will live in you. How do I do it? You have permission to live in me. Don't get deep. All right. I'm reading this Holy Spirit. You have permission to live this word as I read it. I give this word permission to live in me, which means it is occupying an apartment. You know, like you rent an apartment. They do have certain rules when you sign the lease, no little raggedy dogs or this or that, right? But they can't tell you how to decorate your apartment, okay? They may tell you there's a restriction about paint and this and that. And it's like, okay, that's fine, but I'm still occupying the building. And I pay rent, so therefore you don't have, they don't, the landlord cannot come in without your permission, correct? Okay, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, good. So this word, you just told it, when you come in, you live you anywhere you want to go. You can go in every room, 
There are no locks to you. Just come on in and abide. You just make yourself at home in here. That's what you're telling the word. That's how it abides. Make yourself at home in here and change anything in here you think needs changing. Okay? You know, many of us, when we start out with our first homes, you know, people go, oh, yeah, I go to this store, you know, a cheaper furniture store. It's like, we went to that store, too. What would you get? Well, we got the boxes they were throwing away out in the alley. <laughs> we couldn't afford to buy any furniture. But the boxes were the best, some of the best boxes. I mean, these are high-quality boxes. And we got the crates from the supermarket. And so they started telling us it was stealing. But before that, they were two crates and a box top. And, honey, you got a table. Now, that's how many of us started out. Well, back in my days, anyway. That was true. It's like, I got two orange crates and a tabletop, right? Or I found this, and we got this, and, you know, you, you, you make this out of this, and you do this. People became very, and some people, they started like that, and they created art later on, or they created uh, furniture based upon things like that. And they have become millionaires because they did not despise the days of small beginnings. So you laugh if you want to. I tell you what, you owned it. You didn't have to pay anything on it. And trust me, nobody was coming to repossess it. But, <laughs> but here's the beautiful thing. When the word of God moves in, you may be used to living on that level and thinking that's the only level that you'll never get to shop in the store. You'll always have to get what the store is throwing away. But when the word comes in, he says, no. I know where to get the real version of this. And so I want to throw this out and I want to replace it with this. He only cleans us out to give us what's rightfully ours, according to him. Not what we deserve, but what he put in store. The word does that. What, what am I saying? It cleans your interior thinking about yourself and about others. And you stop accepting just anything. You know, I got this, this uh, rusted up bucket that I'm not going to use anymore. You want it? Oh, yeah, sure. I thank you. I just I was grateful I have a bucket. Those days are so gone. Is it galvanized? No. Does it have holes in it? Yeah. No. I don't want it. But there was a day... Because of conditions of your life, you thought you had to take everybody else's garbage. Every complaint they had about somebody, every curse that they wanted to speak over you, every complaint, every railing against you or your family or whatever, you thought that you had to accept that because you wanted to retain a relationship or you needed to keep peace at all costs. And then there comes a day that the word enters into you and says, no, I never made you to be anybody's trash receptacle. And then you know what he does? He builds you up so that you don't have to get into the stupid, I deserve better. No, that's not going to work. That's just going to start a fight. Somebody going to say, ow, and cry. That's not how it goes. What happens is that you start getting built up on the inside, and that person finally probably gives you one last cuss and leaves you because they can't stay around you anymore because your smell has changed in spirit. And when they go, let them. Let them go. You see, why? Because 
He just upped your understanding of your value. And now you can pray for them because you're not begging for them. Whoever you are, I'm giving you for you're welcome. Okay. Because <laughs> we keep going places. I, you know, somebody wonder, well, how do you find things to talk about? Is as I'm talking, people are talking back to us or they're listening or whatever it is that's going on. And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, I want to add address that because he hears everything. I don't hear it necessarily, but he wants to address it. So I'll find myself talking about things. It's like, well, that truly is not anywhere in the notes. I don't have any notes for that. But, you know, that truly isn't in it because somebody is ready to end being raggedy. Okay, you never were raggedy in the first place. You just lived that way. It's kind of like, you know, you're not the hair club president. You're just a member. Okay, so you don't have to you don't have to live these ways, but but you need the power and the strength and the ability that comes from truth. We're not talking about a being in a seminar where we pump you up and give you all this good stuff, right? Uh, you can do it. Latch onto the power within and let the butterflies fly where they will and float with them. You know, we're not going to tell you stuff like that because I don't even know what any of that means. So there wouldn't be any point. But we can tell you God sees you a certain way and you don't. And as you stick with God, he's going to show you what he sees. And you and, and why does he do it? So that you can look at yet another thing you can't attain? No, because that's actually you. And all the things you've been start shedding away, shedding off of you because you've been a phony. You know, the church is full of hypocrites. Full of it. Just full of it from the pulpit all the way to the back. Weekend, week out, okay? Or week in, week out. The church, the body of Christ has been filled to the brim with hypocrites. I'm so glad. Because we come to the place where we can learn that all of the false living we have been doing, living like the world when we don't belong there. I'm talking about people that are born from above, but coming in, living the broken down life of helplessness, thinking we have to solve our own problems because we have not received the truth about ourselves. And so what happens is we come in just as phony. We do. Uh, but do you understand I'm not putting anybody down when I say that? It's like... Well, this is the this is the plastic person I've always been. This is the, you know, I've always been poor in the head or I've always been, you know, this or that. I've always this is the bondage I've always lived in. And it's like, well, you came to the right place because here we're serving up the message of the blood of Jesus, which starts washing all those stains away from you, off of you and starts showing you the miracle that I thought this dirt was the color. And then you start, well, I'm not talking about my skin. I love this. Okay. Um, but you're talking about, you know, you, 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 you get something that's been stained and, and you see it and you think that's the natural color. And then the blood of Jesus comes in and starts washing and, and it clears the thing away and brings out a beauty that you didn't even know existed. And you're like, this is what it really looks like. Yes. This is what you really look like. But you've always thought that you were this, the ugly duckling. Hans Christian Andersen, who, as I recall, he's, he used a lot of Bible stories of, of sorts. And they talked about the ugly duckling that was trying to hang out with all of the other ducks, but the duckling was, was just homely. And they were like, you can't hang with us. You just don't, you don't belong. And it went through all of these ins and outs, right? And then one day it's, it's floating on the water. It's grown, it's changed, but it doesn't, look in the, it doesn't look in the water to see itself anymore. And then it's going along and what does it see? It sees this, all these swans and thinks, wow, how beautiful. 
And your swans are very mean, by the way. But anyway, um, that's another story. Um, but it sees all these swans, and then it doesn't realize it's one of the most beautiful of them all because it was never a duck at all. It was simply living around ducks, and it thought it was a duck, but it wasn't a duck. It was a swan. And through a series of time, and because of what God had put on the inside of it, what God had put on the inside had to come to the outside. And it found out that it always had the beauty. It just had to go through ugly places. That's what I mean when you see that with the word of God and the truth of the word about you, that the ugliness of your life, that there's an end, it has an end date so that the beauty can come in. What's the end date when you decide? It ends today. Okay? All right. So this is the first one, and this is how we opened up, that these were the nuggets, the nibbles, that we had said the battle is won and the victory claimed uh, from the person. Let me see if I can find that. You know, it's a real funny thing about notes. You may not even have very many, but when you're looking for one, you kind of wonder what happened to them. Okay. So there it was. Y'all saw this on Sunday. The battle is won. And the victory claimed from the place of truth. And he is the source of all victory. And on here I put down from the place which is the person of truth. Who is the source of all victory. And then you are going to do what? You're going to write this. As you're reading it and you pray. You're taking those moments to pray in tongues. To seek the Holy Spirit to give you a personal insight into the statement. So I taught on it. The battle is won, the victory claimed from the place or the person of truth. He's the source of all victory. But you're saying, what does that mean? I do that a lot. I write these things. And then I go back and read them, and I go, I wonder what this really means, <laughs> because I don't even understand. It, yeah, well, you taught it. Well, he taught it, and I, I got to say it. But I don't mean I learned it, and I got to go back and learn it, too. So it's like, okay, the battle is won. Got it? And the victory is claimed, Right from the place of truth. He's the source of all victory. Now, if you listen to what we teach, you understand. I'll give you a hint. It's a position in him. The place of victory is Ephesians 1, 3, or thereabouts. You are seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. We're talking, and you can write a little note, POV. That stands for point of view or perspective, Okay. And what am I talking about? So this is telling you that your battle is won and your victory is claimed from when you have the right perspective. You can't, you know, you, you don't win when you look at stuff from a place of helplessness. If you've ever caught yourself on a cleaning binge and then you, the first thing you did is make a mess, then you can feel very overwhelmed as you look around you and you're going, I don't even know where to start, right? And most people will tell you to start anywhere. But I think you start with what's easiest to do. Um, start with the spot where you are and clear that. Or start with a plan. Start with, ready for it? Start with picturing on the inside what you want to see on the outside. But we don't do that just naturally. We look at it like, okay, Lord, what does this look like from your point of view? What does the, the condition of the world look like from God's point of view? What does the condition of my life look like 
from God's point of view, from where I sit, the rent's due and the car payment's due and the this is due and that's due and that's a don't and all of these things are going on. And so everything is negative, negative, negative. Well, then I'm not looking from God's point of view. I'm looking from my emotions and, and where I live. I'm looking from how I feel. I'm looking at my life in those instances from the circumstances that are speaking against me. And because I don't have enough money in the bank or I don't have a business partner, or I don't have whatever the don't have is, I don't have my own home. I don't have this. I don't have that. When you look at your life from that, from what you don't have, you continue not to have. You got to start with what do I have? Scripture tells you that when the prophets came to the widow women and they said, what, what's in your house? What do you have? Because somewhere in your house is the key to the solution. MacGyver was a great TV program back in the, like, the 70s or the 80s and stuff. And it was real cute because he could come up with ways of escaping impossible situations with a screwdriver and a piece of gum or something, right? But see, you may have a screwdriver or a piece of gum or what, what you do have. What do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? Are you born from above? That's the question I want to ask. And if your answer is yes, then you have the answer on the inside of you. He is the person of truth. So your victory, the point of view is God's point of view. And you want to get that answer from the answer, from the answer giver. Do you see what I mean? Before you decide you can't win, find out from him. If you can't win, God says to you, girl, I don't know what you're going to do. Hey, God, that's your emotions. If you said I was talking to the Lord and I just saw this paper throw up in the air and then I saw him sitting on the stone like this, you didn't see him. And aren't you glad? <laughs> he never does that. Okay, it's like, you feeling bad? Move over, because I ain't feeling too good about your life right now either. No. Write something else down just for yourself. It's just fun. Learn to laugh. <laughs> you should be crying. <laughs> you know, it's like, we ain't got no money to pay our bills. We don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Remember last time we didn't have no money to pay the bills? Yeah. Do you remember what happened? Well, somebody came over with such and such. Yeah. Didn't we get evicted? No, that was the time before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> were we living on the street? Well, we thought we were going to. Then somebody came by and gave us a bucket. I don't mean like, what well, pay all. I mean a car. Told us we could stay in there. And we drove that thing over there and... Do you remember that? I don't even know how we got out of that mess, but we did. We did. Do you remember the last time you were in a mess and you're not in a mess anymore? Well, this time it's like that time. You won't stay there. It's temporary. Stop treating your high drama moments like, this is my life and I will be here for the rest of it and I will, till I die, I will be sitting on this miserable street. I will never, I mean, you act like you're going to be in the bathroom for the rest of your days. You know, I'll never be able to leave this little room and this is it. You know, we're stuck here forever. No, you're really not. 
<laughs> stop treating it like you are. It's like, I just don't know what we're going to do. Well, we ain't staying here. You know, sometimes you just got to get a good ain't in there. You can't, well, we can't stay here. You can't say that. Well, we're not going to be here forever. No, that's not going to work. We ain't staying here. All right, now you're talking. Sound like we got serious now. We ain't staying here. That's our answer. All right. You know, and I'm a Californian. All right. But sometimes you just have to have a good ape because it gets rid of the cane. Got it? Well, we're just so down home. <laughs> so your battle is won. Now, if you need to when you're praying about this and you have a specific thing going on in your life, then you're going to have to, you, you can change these words. I'm not going to see these. This is your, your thing, right? So the unemployment run is done. The um, being in broken things is done. My days of being broke, I won this. Okay. When you win, in the beginning, it don't look like you, lost, you won nothing. I'm serious. It's like, you think this is pathetic? It's just as pitiful. That little fool think they won. That's what everybody's saying about you. But that's good. They're not God, so they're wrong. Because the day you decided this battle is won, now I just got to find out how to win it. I'm serious. It changes something. This is do this. Th getting out of this situation is doable. You just change perspective. You change point of view. This situations, and you got scripture, 2 Corinthians 4. The things that are seen are temporary, but the words that God speak are forever. <laughs> this is going to pass, but God's word is not. So this scenario, this broken down place, this we ain't got no money, we ain't got no this, we ain't got, that song is going to come to an end. When you say, no, no, today is the last time that gets a play. Today is the last because the Bible says you don't, you don't talk about it being tomorrow. Today's the day you got. So you, you do it today. You say it today. You get me? You say it today. Today, this is it. I don't care who's got to move what, what monkey's got to jump off of this, what cliff's got to move, whatever it's got to be. All I know is that I have said, because, because God says it, I can end this thing. I can call it into this. I call it now. My days of whatever they are, being ugly. Being broke, being sick, being um, confined, being this, being that. Even if you're still locked up in a place that you can't open the door uh, yet, you know what? You open the door from the inside, and I guarantee you that it's going to have to open for you on the outside. When we're talking about doing it in accordance with God, I'm not talking about scheming and, and doing and all that other kind of stuff because people can get by with that for a minute, but I guarantee you it won't last forever. But you can decide, my battle is won today. And the victory, I'm claiming my victory because I just moved into the position, into the place of truth, into the person of truth. And when he get, you get that, okay, I agree with that. The check is signed. Go ahead and cash it. You hear me? I'm speaking in all kinds of little phrases and things and, and, and stuff, most of which I don't actually use because somebody's pulling on this. And so I'll just talk to you and I'm, I'm just telling you, listen, 
The days of you complaining about your life, call a halt to it. Today is the last day I complain about a husband, a wife, a child, my bank account, my, the, the condition of this nation. Today is the last day I complain about my body, about my hair, about my skin, about my uh, financial, whatever it is. Today is the day I stop complaining. You have just started moving and positioning yourself for victory. Because if you can't be counted on to speak against you, then it doesn't matter who else does. If you not agree, if you do not agree, that you're not going to make it. If you do not agree that you're going to just, your ship is about to sink. If you do not agree that this sickness is unto your death, that you are incapacitated forever. If you do not agree with what the natural man or woman says, then you decided, I'm going to start agreeing with God. I may not know exactly what he says yet, but I'm going to get what he says. I do get that he doesn't say this. I remember being in something and I was leaving it and they told me, you don't even know what you want. I said, you're right. I don't know what I want, but I know what I don't want. I don't want this. That was my power statement. Didn't look good. Nothing looked good. No money, no job, no this, no that. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. I don't see me. I'm look like a Harry. Don't look like she gonna make it. Well, yes, I am, because I just decided this ain't what I want. See, that's a huge step right there. Now, here's a hint. Tell you. Don't tell everybody else. <laughs> They'll learn that as you move out. But you, this is like those people on those movies. I saw what you did. I'm going to call the police. Bam, they did. <laughs> How stupid was that? And they turned their back on him, Michael, and pick up the phone like, hello, police. That's the last thing you hear him say. Next thing you see, blood is oozing. There's a hammer in their head. Something is going on. I'm thinking of three different movies where somebody was just that goofy. I always said this. You see what they did? Say, well, I guess you got rid of that problem. Because my brain is going, I got to say whatever I need to say to get out of here safely before I tell anybody anything. How are we going to cover this up? That's what I was like. We in this together. Because I see that little evil look in your eye. You thinking you're going to have to take me out too. Now, you ain't going to take me out. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm going to live. I'm going to live. You're going down, but you don't need to know that now because I don't see no police nowhere. <laughs> right? Okay. Be, at least have sense enough not to tell them. Tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any questions you need to in here? Please, just, just, that's wisdom, all right? Just, just move in that. Tell you. Tell you every day. Tell you in the morning. Tell yourself in the evening. Mm -mm. Give you scripture. Let's go scripture. I'll give you scripture. Because now I've said it, and I said it in our understanding, all right? But because we're talking about the entrance of God's word, that's Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of God's word brings light. And because we are talking about that, um, we also want to, we want to say this. Um, oh gosh, I just keep coming back there. Verse 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 
Uh, even verse 17, he says, our light affliction is but for a moment and it works for us a far more exceeding and eternal uh, glory or weight of glory. Okay. It, it, it will bring about, it's going to produce there's this good, this struggle the same way you're talking about a seed and, and the seed has to fight to break ground. Once it gets rooted and it starts to change the condition of the soil. So the atmosphere changes where it's living. It's like, mm -mm, you don't have to get rid of this. We're going to get rid of this smell. And this needs to come in because I'm growing here. And so in order for me to continue to grow, you're going to have to change certain conditions for to promote my growth. That's what the seed has the power to do once it has taken root. Now, the other thing it, has, it does is that it, it says, okay, I'm fighting to live. I'm thriving, I'm being fed, this, the ground is fertilized and, and, and the right things are happening. There's enough light coming through for me to go through the, trans, uh, the transformation that I need to, to go from being seed to, to that death that brings about resurrection. The seed dies and then resurrects. New life comes from it. All right. But it has to work through that soil and the conditions of the soil are such that the soil that has been weighted down, that buried it, it changed to give it room to breathe. It changed to give it room to start great gaining strength. And then ultimately it starts feeding it to the place that the seed, the what is changed into the form, the vine, the, 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 uh, the rose, whatever it is, it starts pushing through all of that stuff that had been buried, that it had been buried under. And it starts pushing through to say, no, this light, this is nothing but a light affliction. The seed, as it starts to grow, it has, it changes the attitude of that which is growing um, from it. And it says, this is not too hard for me. I know I'm covered in dirt. I know that my circumstances aren't great. I know all these things, but this is not too hard for me. I was born to come against this kind of adversity and the seed understands something about itself. I was born to overcome all of the conditions that would stop me from, um, from sprouting, all of the conditions that were designed to, to try to uh, choke me out, but I'm not going to be choked out. I'm not going to be this seed. I'm not going to be stopped. I'm coming through all the way. That's the seed that you are. You wouldn't be here. So whatever comes against you, you have himself, the spirit of grace in you to overcome. This is what the blood of Jesus says, because I've already done the work for you. Yes. Scripture, second Corinthians 4 18. Also, um, but I started with verse 17. Okay. Um, there was another question. Well, some nights you can't get a question. <laughs> Did you read from Psalm 119? I said Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of God's word brings light. Thank you. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, okay? In other words, think about it this way. These things that work against me cannot last forever because they're just a moment in my life that is part of the story of what, I, what came against me that could not stop me. That's all it is. Broke is not forever. Thinking with a poverty spirit. 
keeps you in a place called forever. But it's not forever. Because as soon as you decide to get that spirit off of you and start thinking the way God thinks about it, it can't stay. These things are not forever. And trust me, I used to feel I'm never, ever going to, and I could fill it in with a few different things, but I really don't even want to talk about that right now. But the, the word of the Lord says, but that's not how I see it. I don't see it that way. I don't think like you do. I want you to think like me. I'm not going to think like you. If God thought like us, we're doomed. We would be doomed. And all the things that all of the evil speakers want to say would be, we'd be stuck. That'd be it. Oh, well, you know, God thinks like us. So, you know, you know how I'm feeling about it. God must be feeling the same way. No, not at all. Because his name's God. Yours isn't. His name's creator of, and possessor of heaven and earth. Okay, he's got scriptures written about that. Now look at verse 24. So while we look not at the things which are seen, this is why these verses, funny thing to say it this way, but verse 17 and 18 work together very well. What he said, see, while this light affliction, this temporary situation, this temporary pain, this temporary moment. Do you know a broken bone doesn't stay broken? Now, if it's not set properly, it won't grow right. But it can't stay broken because your body contains different cellular things and messages that it sends to itself to say, no, 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 we need to come back together. So it will heal, but you want it set properly, which is why we were cast or anything, so that it will come into the right place and not grow you know, slightly out of alignment so that you have trouble. But your body is designed to keep bringing healing. The cells keep doing it. It's like, well, these cells aren't working. Then talk to them. Tell them what the blood of Jesus is saying. Do you get it? I'm going to say this forever. I, I used to feel very frustrated about certain things, but I keep hearing the Holy Spirit say, honey, I want you to keep teaching. You're going to keep teaching. You're going to keep teaching. I'm going to teach this until somebody gets it. And then I'm going to teach it some more until somebody else gets it and so forth and so on. You understand? Let me finish the scripture first. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Well, the victory, the battle is won and the victory claimed from the place of truth. The thing that you see temporarily that you're going through, the, 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 the attack against you, is the lie. The truth has not yet been seen. But I'm going to look at it from the place of truth. I'm not going to look at it from the feelings and emotions of the lie. I have to look at every circumstance, every scenario, everything in my life, and I have to look at me myself, not as the world sees me, but as God says that I am. Because then you start from truth. What God says about you is truth. And when you start, you say, I side with that, even when you don't see it yet, because it's not seen even by you, but you will see it because you keep saying it. You've given it an opening to start to break through. Got it? Yes. Last question. Oh, I, I was going to say that um, something just clicked when you, when you said that last part. Um, so what I saw was, and help me if I'm, this is what you're saying. Um, 
see it from truth. It's actually seeing it from what the word of God is saying. Yes. Yes, because the word is, okay. Very elementary, roll back just for a minute. How many sources of truth do you have? Maybe, but most people have two or three. Right? What your bank account says, what your body says, and what me and them said. <laughs> what the guy at the club said. What the one at the gas station said, what your gas tank says, right? What's your truth? Depends on the given day. Right? Okay, so you're going to have to eliminate a few of those. It's like, it's like being on one of those TV shows where they say, we're going to come in and help you clean your home. Oh, but I need that. Oh, we can't throw this away. Oh, we've had this little piece of rag for 25 years. What's it for? It's the last piece of a quilt. You're going to make another quilt? No, we just carry it from place to place. Why don't you throw it away? Can't throw it away. Why don't you make a quilt? They ain't got no money. Then what use is it of you? It's, it's in your someday pile. Get rid of your someday uh, pile, and you get rid of, a, of a, a false source of truth. Because one day, one of these days, we're going to be rich. One of these days, this is going to happen. One of these days, this is going to happen. There's no truth there. Because why? Because it keeps pushing it off. It's never going to bring it into now. Therefore, it's not going to work with truth. So get rid of that pile. Get rid of the um, get rid of the pile of, of, of things that says, well, you know, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. You got to get rid of that pile because that's, that's a pile of hooey. There's no truth in that. You won't believe it when you see it. In fact, if it ever showed up, you, I don't believe it. I see it with my own eyes and I still don't believe it. That's where that expression comes from. I'm still prone to unbelief. Even if you bring the truth before me, that's why so many people will reject Jesus. The truth is brought right before them and they still don't believe. Yes. So is the word synonymous? I mean, I'm sorry. Is the blood synonymous with the word? Yes. Whose blood is it? Jesus. And who is he? He is the blood. Okay, got it. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> Anything else? See what I'm saying? It, it it helps to know a lot of scriptures that they that the Holy Spirit just kind of zoop 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 and it just puts together these things because. All of a sudden you go, wow, that's what John 1, 1 is. And that's what Genesis 1 was. And that's what Revelation is talking about. I think 5 or 1 or whatever is talking about this. And that's where this. And it all just starts to form a picture. Because remember what we said. The seed will manifest the way God wants it to. It's designed. This is why you can break through every obstacle. Because the word is what's coming forth from you in the form of whatever it is that God is bringing to you. But it's always the word at the root. Your financial wealth is rooted in the word. So as you're planting the word in you, the wealth has to come because those are the seeds. That's what was in the seeds. 
you see what I mean? That's what was it. Was, it just looked like a little pumpkin seed to me. I didn't know whether well, you like to eat pumpkin seeds. We like pumpkin seeds. You know, I, I, my brother likes sunflower seeds, and I'll see trace evidence uh, that he's been in a certain place because you know pumpkin. Uh, 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 sunflower seeds and popsicles, you know, so I see the trace evidence. He's been here and he's been here and he's been there or whatever. But uh, when I was growing up, he was like, you got some seeds? That's how we, we were intimate with sunflower seeds, you know. Got some seeds? I'm going to give you some of my seeds. Can I have some of them seeds? You know, and what we do, pop them in our mouth. But somehow you managed to keep the part that was edible in and then the rest of it you just littered the ground with, Right. Okay, and then, of course, somebody said, no, nah, I don't got them kind of seeds. Which got? I got the ones. Is, uh, it's just the seeds themselves. It's the kernels. The, 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 the outside wolves, no, no, we like sucking on it. The, you know, that's the way you eat a sunflower seed. Or pumpkin seeds, we didn't like to do that as much because they were so soft. It was like, it's just too much work. So they would give you the pumpkin seeds just in the bag. All right, so what would you do? You used to eat seeds all the time. Now. Why didn't you grow pumpkins? And why didn't sunflowers grow out of you? Well, the answer is very easy because you don't have the right ground for that. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God you don't. So nobody ever sprouted a big face with a whole bunch of black stuff in the middle and yellow flowers all around it. And, you know, nobody's walking around like <clears throat> producing big pumpkins, right? Because we are not the right ground for pumpkins or sunflower seeds to grow in. We can eat the seeds, but we're not going to reproduce. But when we eat the seed of the word, we're going to reproduce. Because we are the containers for the word of God. And then what happens? Out of the substance of what we have, the seed that's in us, we plant seeds with our words into the ground. And it's just because we have been given dominion, it has to obey us. Because we're speaking what God said. That's why you can speak as a gardener to your ground and change it. Why you can speak to things and change it because of the seed that's in you, that it comes out of you in the form of a command because you have been, because you're the right vessel to say it. That's all the time we have tonight, but does that help? Okay. So there's your homework. And you don't need to come. Do we have to bring it on Sunday and turn it in? No, because I don't want to see it. I want you to see it. I tell you how I'll know, because I'm going to see it coming from you. Do I have to have all this done by Sunday? No, just work on it every day. And guess what? To quote Minister Dury, they're going to be another one next week. <laughs> So try to hurt my feelings today. I showed her that. She goes, whoa, that's a lot. I don't know if I'm going to have time. And she goes, oh, I'm just trying to be honest. It's like, you know, you be honest one more time, I'm going to hang up the phone. <laughs> I felt like after all my hard work, and that's the best you can do, Louise. That's all you got? It's not, oh, baby, you did good. No, what kind of friend are you anyway? But no, I never said any of that. <laughs> I called my mama and told her. You know I did. I told on you. Anyway, what's my point? I'm going. Am I going to keep doing it? Yes, I have to. This is my mandate. I've got to keep giving this word because at the end of the day, uh, before very, very long, astounding love, a global church fellowship, and more than enough ministries will be a place where the people. I'm talking about us, y'all, me, us, us, and 
okay, if that's a word, um, and those that are online. But we will be a resource of truth. And when we speak, blood will come out. Got it? That's where we're destined. So that's what we're saying. We're about to receive God's uh, tithes, offerings, seeds sown, financial seeds down. We're talking about don't give us sunflower seeds or pumpkin seeds. Thank you. Or any other. We don't want the plants and packet seeds either. But if you want to sow a financial seed, we've sown word into you. And I really do pray that it, uh, that it grows. And I pray that you take those words that have been sown into you and you, you let it work in you so that you have seeds to sow into the lives of other people. And for those that are a part of this ministry that are giving into the offerings, I'm sure that this uh, is up and she'll put it on the screen too. That is www.astoundinglove.org. It's another reason you can go to the site and click the donate button wherever it is on there. And um, you can give into the offerings or it's offerings at astoundinglove.org if you do the Zelle type of thing. Uh, Sunday is going to be amazing. What's going to happen? God's going to teach. Holy Spirit's going to be there. We're going to talk some more about the blood of Jesus. We're going to start speaking words on Sunday, I believe, that will... It's going to free your mind. Um, I believe that the message that will, will, the next lesson that we're going to teach is designed to start helping you to, to have things that will just blow away your sense of condemnation. And if you've been feeling wrecked, if you've been feeling stained, if you've been feeling condemned, I guarantee you on Sunday we're going to break the power and the pattern of that in your life. So uh, that's our commercial for that. And like I said before, I say all this stuff. It sounds so bold. It sounds so good. And the Holy Spirit backs it up. The word of God backs it up, and the blood of Jesus is singing these words to us, all right? So we're praying and receiving the offerings, whether they're uh, brought in here, and I think we're about over our time. I am over time. I'm three minutes over. So we are. We bless you with the love of God. We bless you with the truth of his word. For those that we have sown seeds, we receive those and we bless and say that there is a multiplication because there's a multiplication of truth that is happening on the inside of you. Therefore, you will see manifestations of that truth all around you. We thank you so much for joining us. We will see you on Sunday um, at 9.45 a.m. and at 11.45. Thank you, Leslie. That's beautiful. I love you. And so to all of you um, from the people that are here at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard and for the people that are online and for all the rest in the body of Yeshua, I'm going to tell you something. God's not worried, so you don't need to be either. We love you very much, and we'll see you next time. We'll have another really great Kingdom Conversation. Amen? Amen.